The Local Youth Worker is a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. Since 1972, RYM has sought to reach and equip youth for Christ. And this podcast seeks to reach and equip those parents and youth workers who share that same desire. For more information on our student conferences, youth leader training, or resources, visit rym.org. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker. I'm here with Lynn Grosso. Lynn, good to see you again. Hi, it's good to see you, John. And Lynn, if, you, if you've listened to the show for a while, Lynn has been on, um, I think, at least two times, if not three times. And, and I always do this. I should have checked beforehand. Do you remember off the top of your head how many times you've been on now? I do, actually, because I was just telling um, a friend about it. Uh, this will be my fourth one. Okay, fourth. Wow. I was way off. So yeah. two or three is what I thought, but fourth. <laughs> Um, sorry, I guess I should apologize that I, I didn't know that. It's so rude. It's okay that I'm not remember memorable for you. That's fine. <laughs> no, that's, that's not the case at all. Um, but, but Lynn, she's going to be a, a co-host on this show as well as Tree Triolo, who's going to be joining us later in this episode. Um, those have been tuning in know that we're doing an essentials of the podcast. And so essentials of a youth ministry, um, and we're looking at essentials of a youth room. And I just want to say this every time that we're not including the Bible in this, even though we all know the Bible is vitally important and we think it should be in every youth room. Um, but Lynn, I'd love to hear just what you think an essential of a youth room is. So, so what do you have for us? I think uh, an essential of a youth room is a versatile space, one that like there's not it's very easy to move the seats around if you need to, if you need to make small groups or there, it just seems to be a really open space that you can use it for whatever you need that night. If you've got a big group game or you want to set up a little smaller thing, it's been a really big tool for us that our room is just a big open square and we can do what we need to with it. Nice. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's good. That's um. so last week, Scott Bird shared and he, he talked about their space as well and kind of how, how it's set up. Um, but I think that's, it's a little nuance as you're talking about a, a versatile space, um, because, um, so back in 2008, I was able to kind of assist with, with our youth area and we were building a new youth area and to be able to kind of speak into that. Um, one of the things we wanted was a lot of small group rooms and we were talking about making, you know, solid walls for each of those rooms, but we got some pushback from some people and said, listen, you have no idea when you're going to need that small room to be a bigger room. <laughs> and yeah. so we ended up going with kind of a, you know, some for, for those small group rooms, uh, partitions that we could kind of pull in and out whenever we need to make mm -hmm. it smaller or bigger. Um, so that is, yeah, that that's so big um, because you have no idea. I mean, how your group is going to grow, what games you're going to use. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good, good word. Um, but were you able to speak into any of that? Like as, were you around when the, the building was being built or, or anything along those lines? No, no, not at all. Um, and something else that we don't do, we don't put things on the walls. When I came in, there were lots of photos on the walls, but they hadn't been updated in five or six years. So mm. most of the students in those photos weren't around anymore. And the, so it just felt very dated. So we don't put things on the walls. And we also do, we have those movable walls, but I had, I didn't get to speak into that. That was just God watching out for them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's big on, on uh, putting something on the wall as well, because <clears throat> two episodes ago, Chris Highland talked about having a picture wall and that he was really big on it, but you bring up a really good point. If you're going to put pictures on the wall, you have to stay on top of it because yeah. um, you look up and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, that, that, um, you know, collage that I spent forever with students making is now way dated. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, staying on top of, okay, each year, okay, let's put some new pictures up because these people are in their forties now and they're not in the youth group anymore, you know? Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the versatile space. Um, and that is something, I mean, again, as I'm thinking of um, just not too long ago, we talked about doing youth ministry without a space, without a building. Those who are listening to this and are thinking, okay, um, yeah, we're going to be building something soon. I mean, this is just good information for people to take and kind of practically think of, okay, how could they work this out as they're getting their space together? Um, 
So that's some, some good advice for sure. And let, let me remind our listeners as well. Um, you can email us at podcast at rym.org. Let us know some of your thoughts about essentials of a youth room, what you think are essentials of a youth room. Uh, we hope that we're kind of moving in a direction where people might even be able to call in and kind of share some of that with us. Um, but Lynn, thanks for sharing this. Uh, Lynn's going to be joining us a little bit later um, to talk about youth theater training and Tree Triello will be with us. But right now uh, we're finishing up our interview with Chris Martin. Uh, he's been with us for the past two weeks at our Technically Speaking segment, and he'll finish up today. Just a reminder to everyone who's, who's listening, um, he just released a new book uh, entitled uh, Terms of Service. Um, and I'm forgetting the subtitle. I think it's the real cost of social media. I believe that's it. Um, so he'll be finishing that up with us today. And actually, Lynn is right there helping me out. So yeah, it's that's the right subtitle. Um, so that's yeah, right. be sure yeah. to check that book out. You can go to Amazon um, and, and get that book. So be sure to do that. But right now, here's our time with uh, Chris Martin. But once again, uh, we have Chris Martin finishing up his discussion with us today. Uh, Chris, I've enjoyed getting to talk about your forthcoming book, Terms of Service, The Real Cost of Social Media. Um, and we were talking last week about discipleship and trying to help disciple our students and utilizing social media as well as our own children. Um, and kind of connected to that, in your newsletter, uh, you addressed the question, what makes us to continue to log on to these platforms? You know, if we know that they're bad for our mental health. If we know um, uh, we're borderline addicted to these things, what makes us continue to log on? And, and I'd like to, to maybe nuance that a little bit and, and ask the question, what makes churches and ministries, even ministries like RYM, uh, continue to utilize social media um, with these concerns that we know that are out there? So I'd love for you just to kind of address that, talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, um, I think well, I, I think it may differ for individuals and for organizations. So for me, like I work at Moody Publishers based out of Chicago. We publish a few dozen Christian books every year uh, with the hopes of serving people, you know, married couples, parents, pastors, church leaders, any, any wide variety of people. Um, and a lot of my work at Moody Publishers is to help us in our online content game. So like to to, obviously, I've lived there back when I worked at Lifeway. I ran social media and oversaw the whole social media operation at Lifeway. Um, and so while I'm harshly critical of the social internet, obviously, as anyone who's listened to our discussion the last couple of weeks has recognized, I do think it can be used for good. I don't think it's irredeemable. Just like any mode of communication can be used for good or ill. I do not think, as some colleagues of mine who, who write and think about these things, I do not think social media is a neutral tool uh, or neutral platform at all. In fact, I think that's downright foolish. And I say that as someone who used to think it was neutral. Um, I, social media cannot be a neutral tool because it is, uh, it is created by sinful people. Uh, it's not like fire or some, some sort of thing that we just naturally discovered in the wilderness. Uh, it has bents, it has angles, it has um, tendencies that it leads us towards. So social media is not a neutral tool. However, I do think it can be used for good. And so at Moody Publishers, uh, my eight hours a day, five days a week, I spend time trying to better use these platforms um, for the spread of the gospel and the equipping of the saints for ministry. So we, I, I help us try to create online resources born out of our print resources to help people who are always browsing these platforms. Because to me, I, I think, can we, can we bemoan the fact that people spend so much time on social media? Yes. Uh, can we also do what we can to serve the people while they're there? Also, yes. And so I think that we really can use these platforms for good. So an organization like RYM or Moody Publishers or anyone else, the Gospel Coalition, all these organizations that create a lot of online content, I think can use it for good. I think personally, I think the reason we you know, maybe individually use these platforms despite the way we know they make us feel, the way they leave this gnawing in our hearts for uh, you know, there's a kind of cheesy Christian phrase. I forget who said it originally that we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts that, you know, only, only God can fill. And I, I think a lot of us feel that very clearly when maybe we're, you know, we spend eight, we spend 40 hours a week uh, working on a medium sized screen so that on Friday nights and Saturdays, we can watch our favorite show on our biggest screen while we scroll our social media feeds on our smallest screen. And I think a lot of us maybe feel that gnawing 
while we do it. But I think, you know, a lot of us are, are addicted to what social media provides for us, frankly. It provides, you know, one of the things that is most striking to me about our relationship with social media is um, I think we all want to be loved and encouraged and appreciated. But many of us are afraid of being vulnerable and being known. Tim Keller talks a bit about this meaning of marriage. I think a lot of us are, are afraid of being known and being vulnerable. Um, and the internet, the social internet, our connections with people on social media is one of the easiest ways for us to accrue attention and accrue affirmation of some kind anyway, even if it's counterfeit, we can accrue this sort of affirmation and encouragement while never really have to be worried. We never really have to be worried about being truly known by the people on those platforms. And so I think that draw is what keeps us coming back, even though it's just kind of teasing us with intimacy, it's still worth it to keep our walls up uh, and not let anybody as close as we maybe should. Chris, do, do you think that something that John said, I didn't plan to ask this question, but uh, do you think that social media is just uh, television 2.0? And the reason, mm-hmm. let, let me, let me uh, kind of put that in context. What I mean is John said, why do we keep looking at these things, even though we know we don't need to, or we don't even really want to, or we know that it'll hurt us or whatever. And the first thing I thought of was like how before the internet existed, people would stay up and watch their television way past when they should, just because they could, because it was there and, you know, cause they were bored or lazy or just didn't want to go to sleep yet or whatever. And now, you know, I guess the difference being is that social media, the social internet, as you call it, is like television. It's like that. You stay up later than you should at night, just scrolling through doing things, but also you can like, there's an interactive side to it. Right. That's but, right. Yeah. And something along with that is they, they, they said, you know, the invention of the light bulb did that as well. I mean, people yeah. began staying up later because they could more yeah. easily. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's really, it's, it's a good question. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say also, I was just thinking about how another thing you said that I, I was interested in is is just about how um, how social internet has changed our ability to know things. Um, because I guess the other side of that is, is you used to get all of your news from the newspaper and the television, right? And now you don't get, I would say most people don't get their news from the television and the newspaper. And there was like a single source and that's a blessing and a curse, right? You, we wouldn't even know who George Floyd or Kyle Rittenhouse or Jeffrey Epstein were, if it wasn't for social media, yep. right? And that's like a real blessing uh, in sure. some ways, right? It's, it's like now you're there's not just one person and maybe even one person's biases that are um, that are affecting the way that we get our information. I guess that would be the good thing. The bad thing is just a flood of bad information too coming through. Sure. Um, but when you were talking about that, I was, you know, we, you, you start out the chapter, we trade our privacy for expression. I'm sorry. No, that's not the wrong chapter. You talk the chapter about, uh, the history studying history. You talk about like a, uh, a small, but maybe important similarity between Andrew Jackson and Donald Trump. Um, which I thought was uh, interesting when you're talking about those kind of things and you're talking about social media, do you find yourself having to be really careful or does it make you anxious about revealing your own biases or how hard is it to kind of write this to people who would be on the far left or the far right? And I don't just mean politically, I mean like religiously as well. Yeah, sure. I I wrote the book um, in hopes of appealing to a broad audience, Christian or not, though my, my Christian worldview is quite clear Um, I intentionally wasn't, it's not a theology of social media, if you will. Um, There are plenty of people who have written really good books kind of in that vein. I think of Tony Reinke, especially has done a really great job in that regard. I wanted to write something that was a bit broader, sort of a, like if Neil Postman who wrote amusing ourselves to death was alive today and he happened to be a Christian, how would he address social media? I tried to really embody that as best I could um, without obviously being that brilliant. The uh, so, so I think, Yeah, I don't really worry about the far right or the far left religiously or um, politically because I understand that there's very little I could do to please either group. Um, And so I just try to kind of be who I am uh, and and be fair. So that's something that I'm 
kind of self-deprecating. I don't have a very high view of myself. Like I see a lot of my, I'm really hard on myself is I guess the way I would put it. But I, something that I have always tried to be really good at is being very fair. Uh, and that's gotten me in trouble a good bit of times where like there have been times in past political seasons where like I've said a, a politician did a really good job with their messaging. Cause I'm really interested in, obviously, as you can imagine in communication and how people communicate, especially using the internet. And I remember one time, like I was not a fan of, of Hillary Clinton, but I said that a way that she was using, like her team was using the internet was really innovative at the time. I said, this is really innovative. And you can imagine I got tons of like, like, are you endorsing her? Do you think she's amazing? I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't like her views at all. I just really think that like, this is a good strat. Like this is a, a good strategy that anybody, regardless of their views would probably benefit from. And so um, anyway, I, I just try to be very fair and recognize like good things that people do or unhelpful things that people do, regardless of what their views or stances are. So yeah, I'm very aware of my own biases, though. I also try very hard to hold things with an open hand. And, and like, I'm always questioning my own stances and always putting my myself through the ringer, if you will. So, um, so yeah, I, I feel like I'm okay at that. In regard to the television question, this is a very good question. And one of the most common questions I get, honestly, that like that form and like, how is the, how is social media different than the printing press, right? Like the printing press is good or bad. Like it could be used for good or evil. Um, great questions, both regarding TV and printing press. Um, social media is more impactful than uh, the television and it is insanely more powerful than the printing press. The printing press is stone age technology compared to the internet. In fact, in the book toward the end, um, I say that social media is the single most consequential technology human humans have ever developed. And I stand by that. Now, obviously you needed other kinds of technology to get to social media, right? So like there are but, other but things have that you, are more- Hold on, Chris, have you ever seen a styrofoam cooler? Are you sure? Oh, that's a good point. When you, <laughs> that's a good point. When, when yeah. you factor in that it knows when to keep it hot or cold. Just That's right. You're still going to stand by, mind of their own. Stand by social media, social internet? Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. All right, continue. So, because it, so, so the reason, my, my reasoning behind this, because some people listen to this is like, that's ridiculous. And look, you got to understand, I love books as much as the next, as much as the next guy. Like I work in publishing. I read a lot of books. Um, but here's why. Uh, social media is if the printing press could travel at the speed of light. Hmm. So it, it's really, it's so much more powerful. Like, I don't think, I think people who want to say that the printing press or even television maybe are as impactful as social media really underestimate the speed and accessibility of social media. Um, and so I think in regard to TV, yeah, I think you're right. Like social media is the new TV in that it is capturing the attention of people in unhealthy amounts in that way. And, they're very similar. And I in, guess, in, would in, you agree? Go ahead. I was going to say, would you agree that the difference between television and, uh, and social media and the way in which it's captured is, is the, uh, is just the ubiquity of the internet versus television. You know, yeah. To put it in perspective, you had to be at your. When did Friends come on? Like seven thirty on Thursdays sure. or something like that. If you wanted to see the new Friends episode, right? You had to be in front of a television at seven thirty or whenever it was on. A, I don't even know what right. night it it's was. A, it's the portability of it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. But yeah, it, but the portability. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. That, I mean. That's definitely one of the factors. The other factor is everybody has their own TV channel. So, mm -hmm. uh, so not only the portability, um, but the other factor is the, the not, not the lowering of the bar, the destruction of the bar. There is no bar. Everybody can be a host of Fox News or CNN. Everybody can have their own nightly news show. Like forget like, like uh, the, there's a reason everybody knew Walter Cronkite and nobody knows David Muir right? Like David Muir leads ABC's nightly news broadcast every night. Most people probably don't know that name, but everybody knew Walter, Walter Cronkite. And that's because everybody can have their own nightly news show. Like everybody, obviously not at the like level of production, but they can get it into people's pockets, which is better than having a high level of production these days. So um, I think, yeah, you look at podcasts like this, like every, the reason that the social internet and, and social media in general is so much more powerful is because everyone for good. I think this is both good and bad is everybody 
is a creator now and the standards are gone. There are no standards. The market is the standard. What people will be willing to give their attention to is the standard. And I think uh, that's just makes social media vastly different from TV. And in my opinion, much more powerful. Thinking about, thinking about that, about what you just said, and think about Philippians four, whatever is good, whatever is honorable, whatever, if there's any excellence, think on these things, you know, that makes me think how much more when Christians engage in social media, what they should be putting out there should be the best, right? Because if there is no bar, the only way to really separate yourself is to really make it, to really do it well, right? Um, because if, if there's a, that's know, right. if the market is saturated with mediocre or worse, then, um, and I think sometimes, you know, churches want to have a social media presence or Christian organizations want to have a social and they'll just take any kind of social media presence over um, over really thinking about how important it is that, you know, we say that we want to think about excellent things, but then we're just kind of like um, halfway doing it. Uh, I don't know. That's a bad, that's not even a question. It's just a thought I had. So. No, no, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. And there's like, there's so much more to talk about. Like I, I do want to remind our listeners to subscribe to Chris's newsletter, terms of service dot social social. Can't even get that out. Right. And go pre-order or if it's past February 1st buy uh, his new book, terms of service, the real cost of social media. Um, Chris, look, there's so much more uh, we can talk about and uh, we just have to have you back on. That's, that's what we need to do. Uh, plan on that. Hey man, people, hey, you know where to find me. I'm happy. I'm happy to come back. Yeah. But, but people go check out the, the newsletter. Uh, you'll get a lot of good content there. And again, buy the book. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. That was Chris Martin. Once again, just encouraging you to uh, sign up for his Substack. You can go to termsofservice.social and uh, keep up with everything he's doing. He's such a, a thoughtful guy in this area of social media and definitely pick up his book, Terms of Service. Um, you can get that anywhere books are sold. Um, so just thanking Chris again for his time with us. Uh, now I have uh, Tree Triolo and Lynn Grosso with me. How's it going, everybody? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good to see y'all. Um, so look, uh, before we jump into some discussion, and, and let me say this, we're, we're going to be talking about youth theater training, but for those of us, for those of you who did not go to youth theater training, know that there's going to be plenty in this conversation that I think is going to apply to, to anyone, even those parents who tune in and, and listen to this. So don't just tune it out if you think, okay, it's just youth theater training and that's not going to apply to me. Um, I think it will. Um, so before we, we get into that, um, how about just some, some brief introductions? Uh, Lynn, let's, let's start with you and then Tree. Yeah, I'm Lynn Grosso. I'm the Assistant Youth Director here at Westminster Reformed Presbyterian Church in Suffolk, Virginia, which I affectionately call our church just Westman, because that's a lot to say. <laughs> and I've been here for, it'll be, this is my fifth year. Uh, my name is Tree uh, Triolo. I serve at Westminster Presbyterian in Bryan, Texas. I've been here about four years. All right. And Tree, why, why don't you as well just put you on the spot a little bit, tell people how you got the name Tree. You were just telling us a little <laughs> bit ago. Yeah, so I used to uh, work, so my, my church that I grew up at, the youth group I went to, did a, a trip down to Clemson, South Carolina to work at a summer camp and kind of help out the the full-time staff at that summer camp uh, every summer. So I did that for a couple of summers and ended up actually working uh, for the Clemson University Outdoor Lab and uh, spent many, many summers there. And uh, my first full summer there, uh, actually no, it was when I was, when I was volunteering. Uh, a little boy could not pronounce my last name. We had a bunch of Andrews working there. So our name tags, we just decided to all go by our last name. And uh, most people have easy to pronounce last names, but mine's very Italian. So he just looked at it and I could kind of see the wheel spinning in his head and he, he just shortened it to tree and it stuck ever since. So uh, we'll get named Brady. I'll never forget it. And he, he uh, gave me my nickname. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I like it. Um, so Tree and Lynn, as, as I've said, you guys are going to... Um, help serve as co-host a little bit of this podcast. And so uh, it's encouraging to me just seeing your faces today and um, hopefully knowing we're going to be able to see each other a little more frequently and have you guys helping out with the show. And um, at the time of this recording, we were all together in Nashville last week um, and it stinks. That's already over. Um, yeah. But, uh, but um, RYM's youth leader training, anyone who's been to RYM has um, 
no doubt heard about youth theater training, but I know that there are those who tune into this podcast who don't know a whole lot about it. And so just briefly, um, some history of RYM. This is our 50th year, by the way, and we're going to be talking about um, some other aspects of the ministry, but RYM started in 1972. And it was some um, just one summer youth conference for students. And then that's grown over the years. Um, but we, we grew the ministry from, I say we, like I've been a part of it for 50 years. I haven't been alive <laughs> for 50 years. Um, but from conferences to training and resources, those are our um, three primary categories. And so uh, Michael Hall is the director of our training. And uh, we put together this annual conference. It's moved around, but it has settled in Nashville. It's been around for about 15 years. Um, there's also one up in Paradise, Pennsylvania. Uh, we would love to continue to grow that one. Um, but it's just a, a time for, for youth workers to come together um, from all over the United States and talk about ministry, uh, worship um, together uh, in the evenings, having a, a preacher every night, but then a ton of workshops that we get to attend and, and be a part of. And um, it was just, it was an excellent week last week. And I know, yes, I'm on staff with RYM, so I'm biased, but at the same time, it was, it was good for my soul um, just to be around brothers and sisters in Christ, worshiping together, singing together is always such a sweet part. Um, mm -hmm. I guess maybe just some initial reactions to, to y'all's week at, at RYM. Um, Lynn, do you want to just start with you, kind of your thoughts about um, Wild and then Tree? Yeah, put me on a timer because I'll just talk about it forever. <laughs> I love YLT. This is my fourth year going and um, it is such a sweet thing to be there as a person who works with students, but then just also as a fellow believer to be really encouraged in that way. I was telling a friend that the worship is so special to me at YLT because it's a male dominant um, presence and it's, it's very rare in the worship settings to have male voices be the loudest ones mm -hmm. and so that's just something that I really enjoy and actually like really fills my soul in such a special way and then yeah to lament and celebrate with people who know exactly what you're talking about you don't have to explain nuances or hope they understand that you love your job and you can complain about this thing you know <laughs> so um so it really is just super refreshing for me um in so many ways. And this year was really special. Um, or just like a sweet gift from God was that I walked into I'm a single female in ministry in my 30s. And that's not common, um, even at conferences. And uh, when I walked into my cabin this year, there were three other girls who are single females in ministry in their 30s who were also at the conference um, by themselves, or they just had one other leader with them. And that was just a sweet gift of um, having this in this a very specific community in my cabin. So I really felt like a, like a camper this year. It was so fun. <laughs> I, I, I just love it. And then to be equipped. Yeah. Which I guess we'll talk about later, like certain yeah. ways that we were equipped. For sure. Yeah. No, that's really encouraging. Yeah. Thanks for, for sharing that Lynn tree. Yeah. Similar, something very similar. Uh, the, the worship is, is always, I mean, I, I was sitting there after I got home and I was talking to my wife she's like, well, tell me about it. And because I'm, I'm an ordained pastor at our church, I spend most of our worship service on Sundays, either on stage or transitioning off the stage and doing things. So for me to be able to actually just be a participant in worship mm -hmm. and just sing and not have any responsibilities going through my head is so life-giving because I really don't get a whole lot of opportunities to do that. Um, and I think most people that in, in ministry, even if you're not involved in actual worship service, there's just details that are just flooding through your head uh, all of Sunday. And it's just, it's, it's exhausting, right? And mm -hmm. it, it's hard to enjoy worship uh, with all those details run through your head. So for me, just being able to close my eyes and sing and to be able to take notes during the sermon instead of trying to get rid ready for the next part <laughs> of the, the the service that I'm helping with, like it, it was so life giving for me, and I just appreciate Joe and his team uh, leading us in worship, and uh, thank y'all for always just keeping Richie on, you know, retainer. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, he's the token RYM uh, speaker guy. So <laughs> uh, for me, the worship is always huge, huge, and just the relationships. I've gotten to know so many amazing people from across the country and just to spend time with them, getting to know new people, uh, you know, rekindling old relationships. Uh, I'm in a, a very 
a cool spot where one of my former students is now a youth leader and I got mm -hmm. to hang out with him last week and it was awesome uh, and get to share old stories and uh, and just be be with the people that I love so relationships and worship are definitely my two highlights from that week mm. Yeah, man, there's so much with both of you that I just wanted to interrupt and, ch and chime in on. Because, um, yeah, echo everything you guys just said, but it, but it is interesting how we're all kind of focusing on the worship aspect. Um, to me, that was just, it was so sweet. And yeah, to to just say thank you to Joe and not only Joe and his gifts, but the his other gifts of assembling a, a team of musicians around him that are just really talented and um yeah, have some, some amazing gifts. It's just, it's, it's sweet. And yeah, we kind of thought, okay, 50th year, let's get someone that's been connected to RWAM for a while. And so Richie Sessions, yeah, to, to have him there. And, and let me just kind of a side note to all of this, those who are listening, um, be sure to, to check out the RYM uh, conference podcast as well. And all the talks from YLT will be posted up there. Um, maybe the next few weeks, months, I don't know, um, but be sure to, to check that out um, because yeah, a lot of good talks that people want to check out. Um, Lynn and Trey, I'd love for you to, just to kind of react to this thought as I was kind of thinking about YLT. And this is something I heard years ago when I went to YLT as uh, an attendee, somebody was just remarking on how important it was to step away from your ministry and to come to something like YLT um, to kind of evaluate evaluate your ministry, because when you're in the middle of doing ministry, it can be so hard to sit back and think of, okay, why, why do we do the things we do? Why, why do we have this program? Why do we have this? And so it's important to step back and evaluate your ministry. Um, but also kind of an aspect of this too, you know, I, I hear from others and, you know, I've had some friends who weren't able to attend this year. And, and one of the, the reasons they give is I cannot miss a week you know, of, of ministry. Mm -hmm. I cannot step away for this amount of time that youth theater training, it's, it's a longer conference than, than some conferences, but I also think it's, it's important. And this is not, you know, <laughs> critiquing those friends who give that answer or anyone who kind of has that, that thought, but I think it's important that the older I got in, in student ministry, um, you know, we would take the week of YLT and I guess the week before we would tell our students, Hey, listen, next week, none of the youth staff are going to be here. Um, we're, we're all going to be at this conference and to be able to tell, tell students, listen, this ministry is not about us. Um, you know, one day we're all going to move on from these positions mm -hmm. and, you know, that we're not the ones keeping the ship afloat. Um, and, and I can remember another story as well of a, a pastor saying, you know, his session had to encourage him to take a vacation and, um, you know, they, he, he was struggling to, to take time off and the session just said, Hey, listen, do you trust us? Um, you know, that ultimately it's not you keeping the ship afloat. And so just kind of had a lot of those thoughts of why this, this week is important, um, for youth workers to just step away a while and to, to be tree, like you said, life giving, it's a life giving week. And we're all talking about the worship to, to be together, but there's also that aspect of, it's important for us to step away from the ministry that God's put us in charge of, realizing we're, we're not the one keeping the ship afloat. So I'd love for Lynn tree, just chiming on that, some kind of thoughts there and maybe even your own ministry, how you've kind of processed some of that. Um, who wants to, to start not to put anyone on the spot? I'd love to, to chime in there. Cause you said something pretty important. So, I, and I know that, and I, I want to be sensitive to that excuse of it's hard to step away for a week, but I would, yes, I would say the opposite. I, I think you, you should step away for a week. Like, I think it's, necessary and it's so important to and and all of us have mentors in in ministry at least we we should uh, and we're being poured into but to be able to step away and just absorb i think is so crucial i mean i, I can't tell you how many ideas and and encouragements i've gotten from people at ylt where i've taken that back and implemented it in the ministry whether it's teaching or just Hey, we're going to try something this way. Cause somebody, somebody gave me that idea, like be able to absorb things and then take it back to the ministry. I think is it, yes, you, you can make excuses about not being able to get away, but there's so much that you can gain and grow in, in order to better and further your ministry when you get back. So I, I would say it's necessary because we we're any, anybody who gets into ministry is just prone for burnout. Uh, if, if we're not careful, because we, mm -hmm. we hopefully love what we do. Uh, we love people, we want to invest in people, but 
we've got to be able to take these these short I don't want to even call it a vacation, but even just these short breaks uh, to be able to just draw back and to just trust. Like, I mean, you said um, somebody trusting their elders to, to lead the church, mm-hmm. trust your volunteers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just told my, my intern, Hey, just have a game night, no, no teaching, no small groups, just pile into the youth room, get a bunch of board games out and have a game night. And mm-hmm. I trusted them to handle it. And mm-hmm tried to release some of my control issues in that area <laughs> uh, as I did it. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's crucial to step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let, let me say this real quick, just to react to that before I send it back to Lynn. Um, yeah. I mean, I cannot, I mean, so much what you said, I want to react to, but one of those is just having conversations with other youth workers, the, the, the years of going to YLT, I would almost put kind of top of the list. And I guess this falls into relationships, but just those moments of, you know, finding someone in at the, at the coffee station or snack station and you just have a passing conversation and you're like, wow, that was so helpful. Or sitting down over a meal and mm-hmm. sharing something in ministry. It's so important. And like you said, crucial in ministry. So yeah, I just wanted to, to react to that piece of, of YLT, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Go for it, Lynn. Yeah, those are so good. And Tree, I think that for me in my head, it just comes back to like the importance of Sabbath and our, our problem with Sabbath, right? It's like we have just as a society on a whole, right? We don't know how to step away because it feels like, well, if I, if I step away, it's going to be the hole in the boat, right? Like, but God calls us to that. And so even YLT, like it is something that I have in my schedule every year because <laughs> It is such a refresher um, <clears throat> for me. It's not the only Sabbath that I do all year. That's not true, but um, it is just, it is good to remember. And something I really appreciate about Richie's preaching specifically is I remember my first YLT and he um, was in doing one of my classes. And it, I think it was the first time that somebody had told me like, God doesn't use you because he loves you um, or God doesn't love you because he uses you. God loves you and delights to use you. And every year he's been very diligent in reminding us, like, you are not what you do. Your identity is not, your identity first and foremost in Christ and in his kingdom. And if you were to work at McDonald's or work at Starbucks or get out of church ministry, you would be just as valuable to the kingdom of God. Um, And that's so important for me to hear and for other youth workers to hear because it can feel like, I can't leave or I can't like, mm-hmm. I can't take a break because it all rides or dies on me. No, we should be replaceable. And it's, um, and God cares more for his church than we do. Praise the lamb. Cause, hey. yeah. um, <laughs> but something, um, yeah, being away and being reminded, it's so easy to get tunnel vision and think my church is the only one who has crazy people in it. Right. Like, <laughs> Or, oh my gosh, I'm the only, like, I'm such a terrible youth worker because, like, this parent just seems to have this problem with me, or I can't get a hold on this, these issues, or I can't entertain these students, or nobody plays games, you know, and um, it's so easy to feel like you're the only one, and then you go to this conference, and it's like, oh my gosh, you too, and mm-hmm. the grass is not greener, Lynn Gresso, <laughs> like, you will not leave this church and go to another church that miraculously has no problems, and that <laughs> some parents don't have wolf shaped teeth or whatever you know like teeth like wolf um wolf shaped teeth sorry that's so <laughs> that'd be really interesting to see terrible i kind of like to see oh. that <laughs> yeah um but that's something that wild teeth gives me no, every year that reminder yeah and you saying that it made me think of that um c.s lewis quote from the the four loves of talking about friendship and it's kind of the yeah, I think he says, you know, what you two, um, that it's kind of, as you start to have those conversations with somebody, you realize, oh, wow, I'm not the only one um, that someone else shares in this. And um, yeah, you get that over and over and over again at, at YLT. Um, and so kind of saying this, you know, for those listening, if you've never gone to YLT, I'm not even saying come to YLT, just, just find a conference uh, to mm-hmm. be a part of and to, to take those moments to get away um, because it, it became something for me that I had to have every year, Lynn, like you were saying, that I just had to put it on the calendar um, because I knew I wouldn't make it if I, if I did not do that. Um, but yeah, it was just vitally important to step away. And, and again, it's instructed to our students that we're not the ones keeping this thing going because um, students are trying, uh, as I've said before, you know, students are trying to make us Jesus all the time and that we mm. need to remind them we're not, we, we need to, to show them 
we're not omniscient. We're not omnipresent. We're not always going to be there. Um, and we, we need to, to kind of share those responsibilities with other volunteers and, and people in the church. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good, good reminder for all of us. Um, and two, let me say this, as we're talking about YLT and we're talking about the years that we've gone back there. Let me also say this year, almost half of the attendees were first timers. And wow. so if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking, well, you know, it's kind of something that every, the same people go to every year and I don't want to be the awkward first timer. We'll just know every year there are first timers and we want to encourage new people to be a part of this. So just kind of keeping that in mind. Um, but Tree Lynn, I'd love to hear kind of some other highlights. Um, we've talked about the worship. We've talked about definitely relationships, but um, as you reflect on, okay, wildy and some of the things that kind of come to the top and it could even be some teaching. Um, what, what are some of the things that you learned um, uh, from, from your week at YLT or just some of the other highlights who wants to go, I guess maybe we'll go with Lynn because she went first last time. So Lynn putting you on the spot a little bit. No, it's great. Um, so the thing, oh gosh, and I have said it to myself maybe three or four times and already to other people just since being home is in Scotty Smith's session, the first one about leadership development. Mm -hmm. um, he said this, oh, man, it hit so hard. It's so good. He said, the Christian life is not primarily about getting over stuff. It's about going through things. And the more you go through, the quicker we cry and the louder we laugh. And mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. thought that was so beautiful because it, it, it totally encompasses, yes, like the mourning and the rejoicing, right? That happens. And it's not just about like getting over something. It is about going through it. Like God says that, you know, I will be with you like in the valley of the shadow of death when we go through it, not I'll take you around it, right? Like he took them through mm -hmm. the wilderness. There were other ways to go, but he took them through the wilderness. And to think, yeah, we, we are quicker to cry and we laugh louder. And I already have a loud laugh. So that's just very <laughs> kind of like sonic boom for me to think about. But <laughs> um, that was something that just stuck with me that I thought, man, that wasn't, you wouldn't get that in textbook. Like hmm. you just, it was so beautiful to come and to come from such a man who has such a humble heart and a gentle, um, a gentle confidence about him. I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing, there were um, two other things that really stuck with me. The last day we did the emotionally healthy youth worker, um, I think with Stephanie Carroll mm -hmm. and okay what a treat she is like talking to your grandma she's so precious <laughs> and she just it was a good check for my spirit to remember she said um your church may be a dumpster fire but some of your trash is in there so it's not like a, <laughs> oh like you didn't have anything you're like a totally innocent party like everybody else is crazy you're not crazy it was so good to it was a good check in my spirit to mm. be reminded of Lynn like you are a sinner too and your trash is in that dumpster fire and you know um you help the church and you hurt the church in certain ways and that was a good check for my spirit my little you know innocent party spirit um, and then, yeah, just what I mentioned about Richie, just, um, it was so good to, um, be, be reminded of, Hey, if there's ever a time that you get out of ministry, it doesn't, God's not going to be like, well, you couldn't hack it, you know? Mm -hmm. So sorry about it, you know? And, it, and we can feel that guilt of gosh, like, Oh, Sunday. Yeah. Like, all right. We, you know, um, so that was, that was really great to just be reminded my, my identity isn't in my, my job or my profession or even my passion. I do love my job and my identity is not in that. Um, mm. it's in Christ alone. So. Yeah, that's so good. And we, we might jump back into to some of those, um, tree, I'd love to hear some of your highlights too. Yeah. And I, I you know, Lynn stole my, my quote I was going to use, uh, but I, I, I love sitting under Scotty. He's just got such a heart for, mm -hmm shaping people and investing in people and it literally just feels like you're talking to your grandfather you know and he's just sharing wisdom with you so i i mean i couldn't you know word for word tell you everything that he said but just listening to him just pour out his heart and just talking about owning your weariness and being able to not be afraid of it and ashamed of it but rather you know bring it to the lord and lay it mm -hmm. at his feet and trust that you know kind of like lynn said we're going to have tears, but we're also going to have lots of laughter as well. And mm -hmm. that was just hugely encouraging. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it, was, I, it was really just to, just to clarify, I'm, I'm totally jumping in on you. So mm -hmm. you had the same quote that Lynn had. Is that right? Yeah. But uh, she actually <laughs> helped me finish it because I, I, I missed the last part of it. So he, 
Uh, she, she you missed the louder cool. to laugh part? Yeah. She, I, <laughs> you only got the crying part? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, that's awesome though, that the two of you, okay, um, you know, just letting people in a little bit on behind the scenes, basically all I said is, hey, let's just have a conversation about wild tea, but kind of share some of your highlights. And of all the week, like the two of you had that that one quote, that's just, that's kind of cool. Um, but I interjected on you too. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I also really enjoyed just some of the other seminars. Uh, I had James Anderson as a professor when I was in seminary. So being able to listen to him, it was, it was really nostalgic uh, for me, uh, but also very helpful just in understanding worldviews. But uh, one thing that Richie said that I, 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 I bolded and uh, italicized in my notes because I wanted to make sure I remembered it. And, and I've heard him say this before. And I've heard him even speak on this same passage before, but talking about uh, the woman who goes and touches uh, the, the end of, of Jesus' garments. At the end, he kind of closed with this thought that faith is the ground that receives the rain. Mm-hmm. And how often do we forget that? That we just kind of view our faith as just this thing that we, we do, uh, but rather it's, it's something that we get to partake in the, the, the glories of Jesus. And, and, and he gets to give us himself. Uh, and we get to receive that with open arms and just humbling ourselves uh, to the point where we can, you know, humbly accept that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. instead of trying to pursue and, and do and do uh, is so encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, you're talking about um, that specific sermon. I know I'd heard Richie preach that sermon before, mm-hmm. um, but I was just like, keep, keep going. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's done it a while too before. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's good every time. Yeah. It's, it's a great, yeah. Great sermon. Um, and it's funny, you know, so much of what we're sharing, I mean, as you're talking about Dr. James Anderson and Stephanie Caro, it's like, okay, I, I keep forgetting all the people that were there that we just had this excellent lineup, but um, probably for me, maybe the, the, um, the speaker that, that stood out the most to me was Sam Albury and, mm-hmm. you know, just his, his new book, what God has to say about the body and, and just letting people know too, he was on episode 333 of this podcast. So everybody can go back and, and listen to him talk about that book a little bit more. Um, but I'd never really heard him lecture and, you know, not only just the, I mean, his personality, uh, the, the way he kind of presents himself, um, just very humble, um, very meek, uh, but the, just his content was so good. And I mean, one of, one of the things he said, and as we're all kind of talking about these people here is just the importance of physical presence mm-hmm. um, that, you know, right now it's great seeing the two of you through a screen, but it does not compare to <laughs> being together with each other at, at youth or training. Um, and I just think of being in those rooms and worshiping together and, um, having someone preach and having someone teach, it's just, um, yeah, so significant. Uh, and it just, I don't know, it sparked that thought from, from one thing that he shared, but, um, yeah, that was such an, an excellent, uh, lecture. And there was so much more where it's just like, I wanted him to keep talking because there's obviously so much that our students are dealing with. Um, and like he said, the vast majority of the issues that the church are dealing with have to do with the body. And it's just been kind of an overlooked aspect of our theology um, and thought he was, he was great. Um, Lynn Tree, jump in here. I feel like I'm dominating too much. He was great. Um, Yeah. Sam, he was awesome. I really, he said the gospel, or we don't do this so that God will love us. We do this because God loves us. Um, Mm -hmm. And this being like honoring our bodies and preaching the gospel and all of these things and um, yeah, I thought his seminar was so good. And he was just, even in the way that he presented um, all of these, uh, um, all of this information and all of these arguments uh, for why God like values our body and we should and why we should treat it the ways that we should and not be confused about certain things. Even just the way he delivered that was so grace filled. It was teaching me about how to have these conversations and he listened so well. And I remember... I still am like just in shock with, um, he seems so unshockable, right? Like mm-hmm. I know my face is so easy to read sometimes, but his, like in some of the questions that he got, it wasn't like, whoa, that's like wild or <laughs> out there. You know, he just like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And he did give me, I love to write down when I think there's a good question that'll help me get to know somebody. And he gave us three good questions when 
Um, we asked about, hey, how do we start these conversations with non-believers? Um, and it was, what gets you up? What gets you down? And what gets you through? And I thought, genius. Those are great. Yeah. And those, are indica- those will indicate to you or tell you what is important to that person and where they're, mm-hmm. like, yeah, where they're coming from. I thought those were great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on, on that. I walked away with that too. I was like, yeah, that is, I'm going to use that with my own children. I'm going to use that with other people of just, and kind of, uh, you know, elaborating for the listeners. What what gets you up? What gets you happy? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Gets you excited? What gets you do you down? What, what what are the things you're struggling with as difficult? And then how do you deal with that? What, what gets you through that? Um, but that was so helpful. And then one other thing he said, and then Trey, I'll let you jump in again. And he was actually quoting his a friend of his who he said, you know, his friend will have these conversations with, and they might just kind of be rambly, but then his friend will drop these zingers out of nowhere. And he'll be like, wow. And he said, basically something along the lines of his friend commented on the fact that we, we, we never really get to say, I love you to God. Um, that we only say, I love you too, mm-hmm. um, because God's love is steadfast and it is constant. He is always loving us. He is the one who's loving us perfectly. Um, and, and we're the ones who are responding to that love. And so we don't really say, I love you to God. I love you too. And that was just a zinger where it's like, wow, man, I need to think about that <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was a good statement. Um, Tree, some other thoughts? Yeah. And it has less to do with the, the seminars and the teaching, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention the prayer groups that we have on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I've, I had the honor and privilege of my first prayer group at YLT was with the, the doctor, John Parrott, uh, many, many years <laughs> ago and, uh, really, really enjoyed that. But, uh, I've had been in, a, in and out of different prayer groups, but that's just such a sweet time where you're with people that maybe, you know, a little bit, but they're not in your same context. So you can kind of, uh, unload a little bit more, um, and just share encouraging things that are going on in your ministry. So the, the guys I was with this year, we had just a sweet time of fellowship, uh, and prayer together and just being able to encourage one another and strengthen one another was one of the the more life-giving parts of the week uh, amongst many things, but definitely one of the highlights. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you're bringing that up because, you know, there's, if people go to, to any conference, typically it's, it's overwhelming. It is, I mean, in a good way. I mean, you're, you're receiving good teaching, preaching, and it's just a lot. And of course, while T is that way and it's over a week, but I love that, in the middle of the week, um, you, you break that up with these these prayer groups and to have that kind of three to four hour block of time to where you're just getting to sit and you're getting to share. And I can remember the very first time I went to YLT and was in a prayer group and I saw that kind of blocked off. I was thinking three hours, you know, four <laughs> hours of prayer. Like, are we really going to be able to, I don't even know some of these people. And, um, and then of course you look up and you're thinking, wow, that wasn't enough time. Um, and so to just have that in the middle of the week to where you're taking a step away from what you're hearing and you're just together and you're sharing, you're praying, you're crying together. Um, it is, yeah, such, such a sweet time. Um, Lynn, I'd love for you to react to that as well. Oh yeah. Especially what Tree said was these people are removed from your immediate church. So you're not trying to protect somebody's view of their pastor. Right. Um, and just, um, and not, and not, that's not like a, yeah, let's like bash everybody at our church session. <laughs> right. It's a, this is a very specific thing going on in my church. And I like, I want your input and your counsel on this. And yes, let's pray specifically for this thing. And then just to feel that freedom of, um, I was actually just struggling with this last night at our small group. I lead the young adult small group at our church. And sometimes I forget it's my small group too, you know? And so when I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have shared this thing as like a prayer request. And somebody was quick to remind me like, that's your small group too. So it kind of feels like that of being in those prayer groups of like, this is your small group. This is a safe space for you to share what you need to share and pray um, in in specific ways and naming things that you might not be able to with people who um, have ties to your church. Um, it, It was a really encouraging time. And because it's worth mentioning I, we went to a place in Nashville. It's also very cool to think that this, you know, small group of people have been loosed on Nashville and there are different pockets of people praying in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very cool thing to think about. My, my girls and I, we went to a coffee shop and I had edible glitter on my latte. And can I just tell you, if you need <laughs> to take something to the next level, you throw edible glitter on it. It was awesome. <laughs> edible <laughs> glitter. Never heard of it. Glitter. 
Oh, I'll send you the photo. It's unbelievable. It's like drinking wow. sequins, but it tastes, it was delicious. You know, like it was great. So, <laughs> That's <was> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to say, I've, I've been to, I mean, yeah, Nashville restaurants are unreal. It's crazy how many they have, but going to a coffee shop, I went to a very kind of bougie coffee shop and I remember I walked in with some friends and we just kind of stood there and one of them goes, what do we do? I mean, it was just, <laughs> they had all kinds of stuff where it was just kind of like, we didn't even know like out of order or, or what to do. Um, cause uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, so look, I know, I know we're about to be wrapping this up, uh, Lynn tree, uh, any kind of final remarks about wild tea, one final quote that resonated with you, a final memory, any, anything before we wrap this up. You can go tree. Um, I would just encourage anybody who's listening that, that, doesn't set aside time in a year. And, and I understand that, you know, sometimes budget comes into question here with your churches, but finding ways to, to get to something like this is so, so good, especially for somebody who may be in their first year of doing ministry and just don't know what they're doing. And, and the key is none of us really know what we're doing. We're just figuring it out as we go along. Uh, in some senses, but, uh, it, it's, it's so good to, to prioritize that. So if, if you're out there and you don't have a conference you're going to, I am a fan of wild tea, so I will, I will promote it and suggest it. Uh, but finding even something where you can kind of get away and be with other people that are doing what you're doing. I, I commend that to you. Yeah. And then let me just react to that as well and say, and I don't, I don't know if this is telling too much, but, um, wild tea is not something RYM makes any money off of. And I say that to say, we also want to make it accessible to everyone. And I'm fairly certain Michael has said that in correspondence of, look, if there's anyone out there who's the church doesn't have a budget for this, like you're saying, Tree, let us know. Um, I can almost guarantee you we can find someone uh, who will get you there or have some kind of scholarship available. Um, so, yeah, it's because it is so important and because we see it as you know, an investment in a specific individual, but obviously an investment in God's kingdom and his church. Mm -hmm. um, we want to make that happen. So um, yeah, be sure to reach out on that. Um, but Lynn, just kind of final remark from you as well. Yeah, I totally echo tree. My like advice is to go, to go to YLT experience that it. it can be scary of your first time. I mean, I remember my first time and it only feels like your first time for the first like until dinner starts and then you realize that you're with friends enjoying a good thing um not just the food but like the environment um and it's very encouraging and the last day stephanie said if we don't tend to ourselves and work on our own hearts we will inflict ourselves on others and i thought that was a really good word of working on our own spiritual health remembering that we also belong to the kingdom we aren't just workers of the kingdom and for the kingdom we are children in the kingdom and yeah it's important for us to tend to ourselves practice sabbath like god's god's word and his gospel is for us and not just our students or the people we're serving like we need his light burden and his you know we need his favor to rest on us and um yeah i thought that was a good word and that's we need to do that in other ways, but wild tea and getting away to the conference is one way to tend to our hearts. Yeah, no, that, that's a good word. And as you're saying that, I, I'm thinking of David Murray in his book, uh, Reset, and he also wrote a book with his wife, Refresh, but him talking about, you know, you think of being in an airplane and they always say, put your mask on first and then mm -hmm. help the one next to you. And it's similar in, in the Christian life uh, to be mm -hmm. caring for your, your own soul and to be spending that time with the Lord and his word and in, in prayer and how vitally important that is as we seek to help others. Mm -hmm. um, so really good words. Uh, Tree Lynn, it's, it's awesome uh, to see the two of you, to be able to spend this time and to re reflect on YLT. And for those who are listening, uh, please go to rym.org slash training, and you can get some more information. As I said, annually, we meet in, in Nashville, um, the end of January, and then uh, Paradise, Pennsylvania, typically uh, the first week of, of March. This year, we, we've had to do um, some moving some things around, and so we won't make it for 2022 but lord willing we'll be back up for 2023 so just encouraging people uh to check out some more information and to be a part of that um again tree lynn thanks so much for your time today and coming on oh it's thanks so fun to see you guys again yeah thanks john oh, come and buy without money oh come and feast without